What's up, guys? It's your girl KP, K A Y Y P, back again with another podcast. And today we're going to be touching the topic of David and Goliath. Now, I know you're probably thinking, how could a story about a giant and a kid possibly relate to anything that's going on right now? Well, we're about to see. First, we're going to do a quick prayer, and then we're going to hop right in. God, we thank you for bringing everybody together. We thank you for everybody that's listening to this podcast, that they will understand this message that I am about to give them. And if they don't, that they will seek your wisdom on a deeper level in their own time. And that they will plant a seed in themselves that will grow big enough for them to plant in somebody else so that this the word can keep being passed along and keep growing in people to where they can use it to get closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now, how many of us wholeheartedly believe that God is above everything and that God, every, God is bigger than any and everything? Now, I know a lot of people... Probably everybody who listens to this podcast raised their hand. But how many of us have put things above God as if he isn't bigger than them? I bet not so many people raised their hands. Okay, different question. How many of us have doubted God? I mean, if we're being honest, a lot of hands should be up right now. I know my name. There are some things in our lives that we want to be in complete control of because we think we know best for everything. We think that we know everything, why it happens, when it happens, and that that right there is the problem. That's the problem. We don't like to admit when we're wrong. We don't like to believe in something that can't be scientifically typically proven. But we can't scientifically prove everything. But when we find something that we can't scientifically prove, we blame it on a demon. We give demons power by talking about them we give demons power by blaming everything that happens every glitch every floating thing in the air we blame it on a demon giving it power over us but that's a topic for another time maybe the next topic i'm gonna write that down but today's topic is god is bigger we're gonna start with goliath is very long story just letting you guys know so it starts in let me see where we start at first samuel chapter 17 and it's very long so bear with me the philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Sokol and judah and as azekah at Afiz Damin. Yeah, I'm sorry. These these names just 
anyways Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah so the Philistines and the Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with a valley between them then Goliath a Philistine champion with Gath came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mouth weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and as thick as a weaver's beam tipped with a iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds his armor barrier walked among him ahead of him carrying a shield goliath stood and shouted a taunt across at the israelites who are you all coming out to fight he said why are you all coming out to fight? I'm sorry, y'all. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you'll be our slaves. Now, we're going to stop right there. We're at verse 10 right now. Um, Does that not sound familiar? This is like, this story is about, it has many meanings, actually. It can be taken as, we can defeat anything or overcome anything with God. But it can also be used as the cockiness. The cockiness that us humans have to think that we can do everything by ourselves. To think that we don't need God to think that we would have made it this far without him to think that we do everything on our own to think that we're always alone to think that we made it to the top by ourselves and the cockiness that we could bring anybody down no matter who they are by ourselves because we give ourselves way too much credit I can promise you guys that We give ourselves way too much credit and not enough credit where it's due. Okay, let's start reading again. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Okay, now we're at verse 12. Now David was the son of a man named Jess, an Ephrathite. I think that's how you say it, from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jess was an old man at the time, and he had eight sons. Jess's three oldest sons, Eliab, Anadab, and Shimi, had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son. David's three older brothers stayed with Saul's army but David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem for 40 days every morning and every evening the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelites army one day 
Jeff said to David, take this basket of roast grain and those 10 loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give those give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain see how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing david's brothers were saul were with saul and the israelite army at the valley of elah fighting against the philistines so David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts, as Jess had directed him to. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving the, for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. Soon, the Israelite and Philistine forces stood facing each other, army against army. David left, these, left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers as he was talking with them goliath the philistine champion from gath came out of from the philistine ranks then he heard david i got lost oh okay then david heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of israel as soon as the israelite army saw him they began to run in fright have you seen the giant the man asked he comes out each day to defy israel the king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him he will give that man one of his daughters for a wife oh my goodness i can't even imagine anyway and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes yeah you better kill him get that money anyway um taxes, taxes. okay there you go david asked the soldiers standing nearby what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is the pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. But when David's older brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing here anyway? He demanded. What about those few sheeps you were supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now? David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. Okay, now we're on verse 32, you guys. Please bear with me. I know I'm a, I'm a slow reader. Okay. Don't worry about the, this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man, a man of war since his youth. Now we're going to stop right there. Break. Um. Okay. So Saul said, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. Now, in these situations, when let's say you're doing something that God told you to do, but you're a little young, right? Maybe you're like, mm, I don't know, let's say 11, 12. And God tells you to do something that's huge, something that he would ask a grown person to do so you go to your mother you go to your father you go to somebody and you're just like i need to do this so they 
openly say to you, that's ridiculous. You can't do that. You're only 11. You're only 12. God will sit there and make an example out of you. He will use you to show that person and a whole bunch of other people that with him anything is possible and that with him age does not matter. He uses babies for stuff that he uses teenagers for. He touches hearts with babies. Newborns. And if we don't know the power of God by now, then we just aren't paying attention because it's everywhere around us. All right, we're at verse 34 now. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Oh, wow. Um, okay. I have done this to both lions and bears. I'll do it to this pageant Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who, rex- who rescued me from the claws of lions and tigers, of lions and bears is what I meant, will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. But David put it on, strapped, a, strapped the sword around it, and took a few steps to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't get in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones with a stream and put them into the shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out towards David with his shield barrier above him, sneering in his contempt to contempt at his ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of God. Come over here, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Goliath yelled. Would you look at that? Mm-mm-mm. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescued his people, but not with the sword and a spear. This is the Lord's battle. And he will give us, give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to the attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and it hit Philistine in the head. The stone, the stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a only a sling and a stone for he had no sword 
Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword with his, from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philippines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah had a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were shrewd, were stern all along the road of Shariam, as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. David took the Philistines' head to Jerusalem, but he stored the man's armor in his own tent. As Saul watched David go out to fight the Philistine, he asked Abner, the commander of his army, Abner, whose son is this young man? I don't know, really, Abner declared. Well, find out who he is, the king told him. As soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head in his hand. Tell me about your father, young man, Saul said. And David said, his name is Jess, and we live in Bethlehem. So, like I said before, this this story has really a lot of meaning, but to me, it has two. Now, we can talk about how we make our problems so much bigger than they really are. At the end of the day, this earth is so, so temporary. And one day, we're going to be in a much better place. Hopefully, all of us are going to be in a much better place. Somewhere where there are no worries and no hurting and no arguing and none of that. And it's just peaceful. Some people might not make it there. Some people might go somewhere else. But it's a blessing to even be considered to go there. Even if we don't make it, which would suck. It's a blessing to for God to even consider giving us a second chance after everything that we put him through. But at the end of the day, we make our problems on this earth way too big. We act like not paying our taxes is the end of the world. I mean, yes, losing your house is pretty bad. And you wouldn't want to live on the streets or live and have to live in your parents' house and everything that would seem like the end of the world right now. But we allow these problems to swallow us whole. And we allow these problems to deteriorate us away from God to the point where we're questioning why God is doing this to us. And we question why all of this is happening. But what if God is just giving us a sign that we need to get down on our knees and pray? What if one prayer just fixed everything in your life that you ever thought would never be fixed? One prayer. One But instead of humbling ourselves to the level of asking God for forgiveness of our sins and really meaning it and asking God to help us with what we have going on in our lives, us humans are just a little bit too stubborn and we just believe wholeheartedly in the fact that 
if you got here on your own, got to get out of it on your own. But we never got anywhere on our own. Nothing we have is ours. We're so stuck in the fact that pride is our best friend. We have to keep our pride. We can't, we can't let that go. No. Then the other one is we become cocky in the fact that we think that we do everything. That everything that's happened for us that's good is our doing. So we turn into Goliath. We tease everyone who is below us as if we all didn't come from the same place. As if we're all not family at the end of the day. We tease like, oh, you don't have the newest shoes. Oh, you're just a little bit bigger than everybody else here. Oh, you live in a one-story apartment. I mean, one-bed apartment. You could live in the biggest house that you wanted to, but that doesn't mean you're any better than anybody else. You should also be thanking God that you have what you have. Because teasing one of another one of God's children about having less will leave you with even less. Will leave you scrambling to find money to get a McDonald's biscuit. But at the end of the day, we just have to give God glory. Give him, give him the thanks for everything that he does for us. Because if, if God took one day off, the world would go to hell. Excuse my language, but... If God took one day off, if God was just like... You know what, Lucifer, which is the devil's name, if y'all don't know. You know what, Lucifer, um, I'm getting a little tired of doing everything around here and then not getting my credit for it. So, you know, you and your demons have free reign for a day. God would come back and we would all probably be dead by then. God protects us every day, not even just from the devil, but from this virus that's going around that everybody seems to be catching. Can you imagine that this virus has been around for so many months and you haven't caught it? If you have, I hope you're okay. But if you haven't, like, imagine how many people you've been around before this really got serious. Like, There are so many people that had this disease before we even realized how serious it was and before they started shutting stuff down. Imagine how many people you were around. Imagine that one party you went to where something could have gone wrong and you could have gotten seriously sick. But you're here and you're healthy. And for what? To continue to use your pride? To continue to... Say that you did everything, you made your way here. We'll see how long you can survive on your own, actually on your own. 
But trust me, it's not nearly as long as you've been surviving with God by your side. Even if you don't believe in him. Even if you... Even if something happened while you were small and you just can't bring yourself to believe in him. He is still by your side. And he is still protecting you because you still have a purpose over your life that you need to fulfill. So at the end of the day, God is bigger than your problems. And God is worth all the worship and all the praise. And we need to put our pride aside because pride isn't going to get us to heaven. God bless you all. May God bless you every step. May God be with you every step of the way for whatever you want to do in life. I love you all. See you guys next time. Bye.